Hi everyone, my name is Jordi Mueller and welcome to the Empower Women series of February of uh, year 2020. It's crazy that we're already in February. Um, today we are here with Devora Steinberg. Um, we are very lucky to have her. Uh, she, she has a busy schedule and she was able to set some time apart for us today in a topic that has come up often within the Empower Women series request, which is intentional communication. Uh, Devora, I think everybody here at Lexington could spend some time with you and everybody pretty much in every office has some dynamics that could learn from your expertise. But I want to start with a very basic conversation, which is what is communication? Mm. Because I think there's many types of communication. I don't know if we'll dig into that a little bit, but without defining what we mean with communication, Sometimes it just gets reduced to like the words that come out of my mouth. Exactly. So I don't want to start a conversation there. I want you to define for me in your head or in your expertise, what is communication? Yes. Two-way code and code process to reach mutual understanding. Okay. So that is actually the working definition that I'm working with. And uh, code and code is really important phrase because there's something that's being sent out and there's something that's being interpreted or misinterpreted. And then we're responding to that and then we're responding to that and then we're responding to that. So this back and forth is happening. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what the code and code process. Another very simple definition is Communication is imparting or exchanging, the imparting or exchanging of information or news. Okay. So there's a communication process that I was commenting on with the code and code. Yeah. And then the definition of communication is the imparting or exchanging of information or news. That's simplifying <laughs> it. Of course, we have emotional things going on and there's high stakes and there's we want to convince, we want to get the end result we want and on and on and on and on. So yeah. it's good that you asked for us to start with that basic definition. Uh, well, I think what you just did to me is like, I feel like now the majority of the time in my life, I'm just talking probably not communicate <laughs> like most of us of yeah course. i guess so so thank you for clarifying that so now that we have defined that yes. um internally here at lexington i would say five or six years ago we started implementing in some uh, what we call high stake meetings or high level meetings a process called effective communication and it was literally a process where when when somebody somebody had some tension or somebody had an emotional topic to chat about we went through this process of the person sending the message would send the message the person receiving the message would have to repeat out loud what the other person just said and the person that originated the message would have to agree or disagree if that's exactly what he said. And holy cow, our meetings change after that. Oh, yes. Because we realized very fast that mm -hmm. you thought you were explaining clearly, the other person thought they got the point, and the argument kept going for hours or days. And that kind of paused instantly when we started doing that exercise. Right. I'm assuming this is something you see often. Yes, of course. And I yeah. call that the course correct. Oh, the course correct. Right. I that like your you name are, better. Yeah. That you are now stopping and saying, wait a minute, is this what you actually said? This is, is I heard what I heard you say is A. Yeah. And then the other person could say, no, that, that might be what you heard or that might have been what I said, but I didn't communicate it clearly. Yeah. So you're stopping immediately to do a course correct. You're going to help de uh, limit the miscommunication but we don't always do that naturally when yes. we're interacting well especially it, sometimes it's just a matter of time right like you don't have the time to go through this exercise right so like most of the topics that become about communication that, that i have encountered here in the empowerment series podcast 
everything starts with awareness mm -hmm. and self-awareness first. That's right. How much does, does it impact as well here in this communication topic? Yes. I'm assuming it's the majority. Like a hundred percent. Oh man. <laughs> I was hoping and you would say what, there's a 5% that what, can increase. No, that is so huge. And that self-awareness is so powerful um, because there is so much happening. I, I use hypnotherapy and the psychotherapy that I use, and it's very powerful because you're bringing the unconscious to more consciousness. So there's already so much that's unconscious. So I would like to talk about the iceberg, 90% yeah. is below the surface. So we don't necessarily have the capacity to be fully aware of all the unconscious. So we want to do our work and try to be as aware of what we are conscious of so we can at least not be saying, why did that communication go so badly? I didn't mean that. Why did she think that? Or why did he react that way? And you can be really baffled if you don't have that awareness. Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> sorry. I think the iceberg uh, a parody, or it's really useful for me because I can actually visually see this iceberg of conversation being ninety percent underwater, which in my in myself it's my head, and then on the top of the iceberg, which is what we put out there to people to receive this message, is just ten percent of what I'm actually trying to communicate. But uh, but the interesting part of the iceberg is. It also works with the other person. Correct. <laughs> so there's the code and code it, thing it, we were saying exactly. before. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, oh, they only got 10% of what I meant to say. It's like, no, you also got 10% of the response they meant to say That's to right. you. And if there are communications going back and forth, let's picture a tennis game. I know. And now, you know, we're, we have a good rally going yeah. and we're on like number 10 hitting it back. You can yeah. imagine how much coding encoding is not happening as it ought to. Well, communication is a very special topic for me and I'm going to say, uh, why? Um, I am not from the United States. I, I came to the United States from Mexico, so my first language was always Spanish. And once I started living in the United States for a while, I came for college, et cetera, blah, 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 the whole thing. There's, there is a question that you get asked often, which is, do you dream in Spanish or English? And I always said, I think I dream in English now, or it's been a while. And for me, it was like a click. That means the first thought process of my communication starts now with the code of the people receiving it. And, and that was a key point, I guess, in my transition to the United States. When you are from another code, there is an extra layer, I assume, of transformation of emotions, intentionality, mm -hmm. um, what's acceptable or not in society in different parts that doesn't necessarily get understood with the receiving code. That's correct. I must, do you have any clients that suffer this kind of like oh, interaction? Abs absolutely. Oh. I mean, yeah. e even if we have a lot in common on yeah. the surface, we still have hundreds of things that are different. And the thing that I like to keep in mind is that examine, examining your unexamined expectations and assumptions is going to help improve the communication. Because when you are assuming that the other person is hearing or understanding or receiving what you're sending, mm -hmm. you know, because you're saying, well, they're, they're this category, they're this yeah. race, they're this gender, they're this nationality. Yeah. And you were even saying English is not your first language. Obviously, you're fluent in English yeah. now. But at some point yeah. it, earlier in your in English being used, there were going to be more miscommunications. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see it every time when my parents visit. 
<laughs> the yeah. example that I like to give is, um, you know, when I, I said I chickened out when I was in college by doing, and I did study Spanish for about eight years in okay. school until I got to college, and then I had a chance to go to Latin America so, for so we should study be talking, abroad. Should we be but, talking Spanish here? Or? Uh, no, 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 no puede comunicar más en español. Okay. Un, un piquito, solo un piquito. I understood 100% of that, guys, so and, validate and that in your it. Spanish. I can speak a little bit of Spanish is what I just said for people who don't speak Spanish. But I went to study in England in, in, instead, and I was sharing this with, with the presentation that I yeah. gave, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be in England. They speak English. The very first night that I was staying with a family, we did a homestay. I was 20 years old. You know, I'm staying with this family I don't know. And the father of that family kind of walked me up to my room to get me settled, and he said, I will knock you up in the morning, which in in, in America means I will make you pregnant in the morning, but in England means I will knock on your door and wake you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so obviously, you know, I was kind of taken aback and a little nervous about what kind of family am I staying with here? Oh, and it was just a different, and, and that's a very obvious different usage. Yeah. I mean, it was clear that he was, did not mean what he said, but it, it still shook me to hear those words come out of his mouth. And I said, well, w- what did you actually mean by that? And he said, oh, I'll knock on your door and wake yeah. you. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I always give the example. It's same same story. I would say is um, when you start filling up paperwork in the United States, uh, and you're coming from other countries, um, you're always gonna face this particular box that talks about if you are an alien resident or an alien. Uh, person coming to the United States and outside the United States alien is a reference to literally a person from another world based on a movie from Hollywood right so when you're like are you an alien you you always come kind of say no I'm not from Mars I'm not from Mars <laughs> so, so it was always is the opposite right like we have an English word perception that's used around the world for something else which is extraterrestrial people <laughs> and here it's just used for people outside the United States so that was an example um I I want to jump into uh, something that I, I study a little bit, which is unintentional communication. And this is kind of like the mannerisms, the reactions, the way our face, our body positions um, reflect uh, part of what we're thinking. So, so tell us a little bit about how much that influences communication. Yes, it influences it tremendously. I would say that we, we can't measure because it's in, infused in the midst. It's like a thread, a golden thread that's going through a beautiful rug or a not so beautiful rug that we are using uh, facial expressions, we're using yes. body language, we're using gestures, we're using you know what we call paralanguage, which is mm-hmm, and I see. I just did it. <laughs> you just did it just then. So it's it's being infused throughout and we are picking up when we're receiving that, you know, what that might mean. And we're also intending to send the communication based on like what you just did. Hmm. You know, I heard that and I said, okay, that sounds interesting to me, Jordy, is what I thought the hmm Exactly. And that's what I meant because I was, the the thing that was going in my head was like, is this included on the 10% on top of the iceberg or on the 90% on the bottom? I think that it's included in both. Oh, okay. So it's making it even more confusing. (laughs) Oh man, I'm really confusing about this. And, um, uh, preparing for the talk today, uh, there seems to be a lot of study on gender differences when it yes. comes to communication. Yes. And reading through it, um, 
I was having a hard time understanding why it was separated in gender and not just other stuff, but I want your opinion on this. Yes, I think that there's so many different influences that make us who we are and bring our communication on sending and receiving to the forefront. But I, I think we like to categorize things and, um, you know, because we, we, we want to try to say if we want to be better communicators that we can translate okay. where, where there are chasms, why we choose gender as the variability when there's hundreds of others yeah. as the one that interests us, I think be, because we like to categorize it. Okay. And, and there's very strong societal messages based on gender, which we can actually pinpoint a little more easily than your religion or your culture or your particular family or your emotional style or your gender preference or your gender identity or you know your first language your nationality on and on and on and on so is there any examples that you can think of yes about gender differences yeah. in communication i can and I, i'd love to share these um and the um These are stereotypes and they appear, you know, after 30 years of being a psychotherapist and doing a lot of couples therapy, I could say the, these show up as very, very true and real much okay. of the time. I'm going to so, write this one down. So excuse me for the stereotypes, but I have yeah. to say for the listeners, the, these these are pretty powerfully true most of the time. Okay. So take it for what it's worth and um, and see how it can be helpful. Obviously, my everything in my intention is about improving in communication. Yeah. So men primarily do report talking, they're reporting, and women do rapport talking, R-A-P-P-O-R-T, so about making connection and about developing more rapport. So rapport talking rather than report talking. And for someone who's not an English speaker, those two words are going to sound very similar, but yeah. they are not. Men are more about solving and women more about processing. Men make fewer facial expressions, and there are potentially up to 10,000 facial expressions we can make as we have many different muscles and abilities to move our face. I've been told that doesn't apply to me. Yeah, I can tell you right now from looking at you, you have much more of a female, you are very facial express, oh, well, expression heavy. Which, by the way, for me as a woman and a woman therapist who is all about communication, it makes talking to you much more interesting and engaging. Oh, well. Because you are making facial expressions, which I'm reacting to. Thank you. So, And for people who are listening, they can't see that, but I wanted to say that out loud. Um, so men generally, not you, have more facial expressions, but take up more physical space. Women have more facial expressions and take up less physical space. They're you know, perhaps hiding, perhaps keeping themselves a little yeah. more small. Men are internal processors. Women are external processors. So they might have more happening silently. And you were talking about what is there more below the surface when it comes to silence? Yes. Men are more about hierarchy and independence and women are leaning more towards consensus and connection. Okay. So that's more, you know, repeating that um, that rapport that I said first, that consensus and connection. Yeah, it, especially the, the one that caught my attention from the ones you mentioned, mm -hmm. the most is about uh, generalizing, which I also, isn't, you're not the first person that said it. As soon as you start researching this, it says that women, uh, men are more external than women when it comes to communication. When, uh, women are, men uh, are more internal. Uh, sorry, men are more internal, internal and more yeah. external. And, um, And it's one of those things that I'm like, I don't know how much does this is the, the way society has been set up for many years affects yes. that research. Yes. And it has been changing maybe the last 10 years. Yes. And so, ages, it, you know, you, you it, grew up in Latin America yeah. and you're younger than I am. So, yeah. you know, if we were talking about an American born and bred yeah. and man who's my age, then middle age, then they, they might be more, more traditional. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm fascinated by that. Um, yeah. Ed, 
around three, four years ago, uh, here at Lexington, we had to do our DISC profile, the ISE, which is a, a personality profile, but it also includes a communication profile on it. But I'm not asking you to be familiar with it, but if you are, that's great. And the, the reason why it's in, I'm mentioning this is because they they taught us and we learned a little bit of our natural way individually of just processing and communicating. And then once you start knowing the other person's individual profile of like processes and communicating, it became really interesting to see why people team up together, why people do not team up together, why people have disagreements. And for like, it didn't work forever, but I would say for a couple of months, uh, if, if somebody walking in the hall and needed something and you knew a pro- it, was a, it was in a letter of the profile that would require more analysis to process a thought compared to like the on the fly thinking kind of guy, you would pause and say, oh, I need to schedule a meeting instead of just stopping him down the hall and asking him about this because he's not, it's, he just doesn't work like that. Right. So it changed the communication internally for the good. Yes, right? because you had more information. We, we were had, talking before. Oh my God. If there's more above the surface with the um, yeah. with the iceberg, then the communication is much more likely yeah. to be, you know, solid communication that's effective, intentional, well-received, feels good for both people because you have that information. But in generally in life, do we have that information about other I, people? <laughs> no. So we're going back to that expectations and assumptions yeah. again, which can create, can recap yeah. In communication. What is, um, and I, I want to be conscious about time here, but um, I, I want to start shifting the conversation to the stuff that we can start doing every day mm-hmm. that could start improving communication with the people that we see the most, which is obviously people we work with and yeah. people we live with or at home or our kids and family and parents. Mm-hmm. So what are like, let's say a couple of things yeah. that we can start doing tomorrow to improve and have a better, more intentional communication with the folks Absolutely. around us? Absolutely. So I want to talk about what I call the four T T's, as in T, the letter T, not as in drinking tea, um, a checklist of the four T's of communication. And this is timing, tone, technique, and truth. And let me lay these out. So when you are intending to communicate, particularly if you know you're going to be having a challenging communication, to think, to do a little planning. Of course, communications happen spontaneously all the time and we get reactive. If we get more emotional, we're not going to communicate as effectively or receive the other person's communication effectively. So on the ground running, I realize you can't always do this, but as far as a paradigm, timing, you want to ask yourself, is this the most effective and productive time for this communication to take place for all parties? So, so this would be, for example, don't talk about a race with your boss at a bar when he's not listening and might promise something or, else. Or 4.35 yeah, on Friday afternoon. Yeah, so that's the perfect right, example. Again, the timing, the tone, what's your voice, your body language, your attitude, and the resonance with the current environment, hmm. which can also include the other person. You know, where are we? Are we in a bar? Are we in the office? You know, what's the tone that I'm using? And this, by the way, also goes, you know, we do a lot of texting and a lot of technology email communication. So your tone, your body language, you don't have that. So you have to be even more intentional when you're going to be writing the communication because you don't have all of the visuals. You don't have the auditory. You literally have pixels on a page that are spelling out words. Um, The technique 
Um, I love to use what's called, especially if there's a difficult uh, c communication, I like to call it the compliment sandwich. Yeah. Start out with the positive, you know, because I really like you, Jordi, and our relationship's really important. Yeah. I need to share with you that when you say X, Y, and Z in this kind of way, which is something I've noticed you do, it makes, you know, makes me feel really angry. Yeah. Thank you so much for being the kind of friend whom I can really bring that up with. So start out with the positive, deliver the difficult information, and end on the positive. Yeah. I call that the compliment sandwich. Yeah, and it works very well. Very well very well. It's not buttering someone up, it's just preparing them in a way that they're a little less defensive, a little more open. Um, you want to skip using words always and never if you can, because yeah. things are very rarely always or never. Say in this example or in this time, this is what happened. Um, and um, drop the blame so that you can be as present and non-judgmental as possible. So that's all technique. The compliment sandwich, skipping always and never, um, and dropping blame. And the fourth one is truth. Put the content to the test. Is this entirely true? Is this partly true? Is this my interpretation of truth? Is it what the other party wants to or needs to hear? So you always want to be thinking about the receiving end. How is this going to go down if I plan it? So the review is the timing, the tone, the technique and to putting the truth test. I, I love that. Um, I, this just makes you think about the way you're going to communicate. Right. Which Be is, a little more mindful and plan yeah. a little bit more. And, you yeah. know, you started the conversation off in the most important thing, you know, want to wrap up towards the end, towards that awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness and awareness of the, of the other, knowing that miscommunication's happening, knowing that you have expectations and assumptions and they're not always right. And planning on miscommunication happening as part of what will happen for communication yeah. and doing that course correct. That's why the follow-up email is so important. The follow-up email <laughs> is so important. Or With, checking, you know, yep. did you did you get what I said there? Yep. Did you receive it? You know, yeah. so. Awesome. Well, this has been great. That's uh, great. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank I, you so much. I really hope people listening uh, are going to get some tips of how to start better communicating with those around uh, around them and be a little more intentional about, about the messaging they're trying to give. Yes. Uh, I certainly will. I know I'm going to be talking about that in a second. Um, but thank you. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. And, um, Pleasure being here. Oh, of course. And uh, until next time, this was the Empower Women series of February. My name is Jordan Miller, and we hope you have a good day. Lexington Wealth Management is a group of investment professionals registered by Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered independent investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or or the investment opportunities referred herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and it's not guaranteed. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as a general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Lexington Wool Management and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no express or implied representation or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data on other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as a date of reference. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. 
This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Lexington Well Management and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.